0: The Lightning
1: beat the Capitals 3-2 in a shootout in their round-robin game, but what did they gain besides a chance at a better steed in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Tom Brady turned 43 in the Saints' defensive end. Cam Jordan says the Bucs quarterback is playing for second place this year in the NFC South. Shaq Barrett, he says he's going to go for the sack record again. And has coronavirus taken all the fun out of baseball for the Tampa Bay Rays? Something to ponder. We've got all that and more on this edition Of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. So, Steve, my takeaway uh, from this hockey game with the Lightning, one that counted, obviously, uh, as they do the round robin, is the opponent they played were the Washington Capitals, a team they have a history with, quite clearly, of being pushed around a little bit, a very physical team, and really the Lightning pushed back. That's that's what I came away with it.
0: Yeah, I thought, you know, I was impressed with – how the the game felt. I mean, you know, one of the things that we've talked about going in the round robins were you know, and and the lightning if you remember months ago when they voted on this system voted no because they wanted they didn't want teams in the in the next round of this to be already gone through elimination games and you haven't. So, you know, kind of that we're not tested yet, we're not ready, we're not this. So, you kind of wondered how spirited these contests would be if you watch the boston philly game it wasn't really much of a contest um philly kind of had their way boston you know didn't play as well as they're they're capable of um and maybe partly because they didn't have their goalie who was who was hurt and they rested uh, you know you don't know why but this one i mean particularly in that second period and then in the third period it was physical i mean they were they dropped the gloves a few times there was big hits. Uh, a lot of scrums after the whistles. I mean, it, it had that. You know, okay, this is this is getting towards playoff hockey now. I mean, that's what that was the biggest thing I took out of it. And then, as you said, as Washington got down two goals and then started trying to exert their physicalness against the Lightning, which you know, two years ago in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference Finals worked to a degree, and the Lightning ended up not scoring in the last two plus games of that series. The Lightning did push back, and and they weren't about to let. Washington dominate them physically um, and, and so you know I, I thought it was a good spirited effort I thought it was a great first round robin game for the lightning um, you know maybe you didn't want to give up to I won't say leaky goals by Vasilevsky. I mean there were some quick shots that the pucks got behind them and then got knocked in the net but uh, I thought it was a good effort for the lightning all the way around.
1: Yeah, it was. And, I mean, Vasilevsky was terrific overall. And they dominated uh, in this game early on. Um, they gave up the two goals late in the second period. And as you mentioned, they, they were they were sort of typical Washington goals, right, where they're just sitting there whacking away at your goaltender. A couple of them got behind Vasilevsky before he could, you know, recover. Um, they were taking some extra shots, which you don't like to see. You don't like to see guys standing that close where they can get their stick on it before before they can get knocked out of there. Um, so the Lightning had lost really kind of all momentum at that point. And I thought that, you know, Washington for the first part of the third period was in control, too. Um, but without fans, without anything except their own motivation, they they took control of the game again. Um, even though I thought, you know, Veselsky I think he had 11 saves in the third period. I mean, he was huge
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, for them in the third period and overtime. And for that matter, obviously, the shootout. But, uh, but, yeah, it was, it, 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 to me it had that intensity. The players said so, and, and you mentioned the fights and the physicality, and that's what Washington is all about. And they, they, took, they took the punch and, and, and punched back. And, I, and, and as much as anything, if they see the Capitals again or another heavy team like that, they know they, know they have it in them. They know they have the type of guys that can and will uh, drop the gloves and, and be physical, and, and it, was a, it was a hard-hitting game. Um, and for the first one out, I mean, when you consider these guys have not played, you know, a competitive game, one that counts anyway, in so many months, I kept thinking that like, what's the conditioning going to be like, like, what are these guys going to feel like if they, if they go into overtime and all of that? Um, but Victor Hedman said he felt pretty good, thought his legs got better as he, as he skated more and he hadn't played in a while. So overall, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty definitive showing by them.
0: Yeah, you know, look, you, you in in the playoffs particularly, but most of the time, if the best player in the ice is your goalie, you're going to be okay most of the time. Absolutely. And, and today mm-hmm. it was. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky showed why, you mm-hmm. know, he's one of the best goalies in, in hockey, if not the best. Um, and I, I thought the Lightning's defense overall did pretty well, too. I mean, they really didn't give up many odd-man rushes. Um, Hagelin kind of forced one, and they had one kind of in the third period. But um, I, I thought it was, you know, for the first – Real effort back. I mean, you know, you had the the Florida exhibition game, and I didn't think Florida put up much of a fight in that game.
1: No, they didn't look Um, good.
0: You know, and and the Lightning played well and and did exactly what you're supposed to do in those situations, which was good. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought this was a a really good first game back. I think it's going to help the Lightning going forward um, as they get Boston on, you know, tomorrow. um, Just so a short turnaround here. Um, I I think it's it's a good thing. And, And look, the Lightning got two points. If they beat Boston... That means you'll have four points out of the, the the round robin, and Boston will be at zero points. Which means you've already you've already made sure you're ahead of them in the final standings. I mean, you can't get the last overall seed as as these f- right. four teams are playing for seeding. So um, by t- by tomorrow, you have a chance to knock Boston out of a chance at getting the top seed, and you can g- avoid getting the bottom seed.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No. I, I I think that it was a big win because they got the two points. And then the other thing that came came across, and I think this is important when you play this time of year uh, or in in the you know the Stanley Cup uh, Finals, is that uh, that your best players played the best, right? I mean, Braden Point is still the fastest guy on the ice. Nikita Kucherov was very good. How about this guy? How about Mitch Stevens in his first playoff game? Mm-hmm. I think he won eight out of twelve draws. And then who who does? You know, who does John
0: Cooper put out
1: there with eight seconds to go and a power play to end the game? Well, he wanted overtime. him to win
0: the face-offs, and he tied it up and, and you know, we're able to avoid a, you know, a, a bad outcome with eight seconds to go in, in the overtime. Yeah. So that, that's
1: a lot of confidence in a young kid. like that. He's a, I tell you, they keep finding these guys. He's a really good player.
0: I mean, He's definitely one of their best face-off guys, and without Stamkos right now, who's not playing yeah, still, right. uh, practicing but not playing. Um, you know I mean Stamkos is probably their best face-off guy now and he's really worked sure. his way into that the last few years but I next up I would put Mitchell Stevens right now on that list uh,
1: Mitchell Stevens had a goal one of their two goals of course and again it went to um, overtime and it was scoreless in the overtime and then uh, Vasilevsky was terrific there and then uh, the shootout the Lightning uh, win that 2-1 again Vasilevsky um, you know getting, getting the best of, of Washington so a pretty exciting game, pretty good test. I think for them, you want it. I think you want a competitive game. I don't think you want one that was flat. Um, And so they got, you know, they played twice more. You mentioned Boston and then, um, you know, before you know it, man, they'll be, they'll be in the thick of things. So it was fun watching hockey. It's a little weird again, you know, watching these games, whether it's baseball or hockey or the NBA without fans. um, It doesn't bother me because I'm, I'm not focused on the crowd. Of course, they have the rows tarped over and, um, you know, you're hearing ambient crowd sounds and things like that coming through the TV. I have to believe it's really weird for the players, though. You know what I mean? Like, again, you know, they have to be self-motivated and competitive and all those things. Maybe hockey is is a little easier to do that because it's nonstop, right, and it's physical and you're you're – really mono to mono a lot of times in those battles in the corner for the puck and things like that. So it gets very personal. Um, but the intensity was there. You know, I mean, it it, it had that, you know, at least what I sensed. Um, but it can't be the same for these guys to be in empty arenas. You know, that, that's got to be an adjustment for all of them.
0: I would think that as plays going on, it's probably not as as big of a deal. Right. I think you're probably. Right. I mean, if if anything, it's more noticeable because you can actually hear the officials yelling offside or your teammates yeah. going here. You know, you you can hear that a little better. I would think during the stoppages of play, that's when it gets weird. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you just had a big save, or even after a goal, and, and you're celebrating, or you're. You know, the, if the other team just scored, it just the whole atmosphere. Of that regard, I think that would be the weirdest part of it. Um, right? You know, I, I think that's why baseball is kind of the hardest without fans because there's so much downtime between plays. Exactly. Um, and I think that's part of the reason baseball is putting sound in the stadiums, um, where the other sports aren't necessarily doing that as much. Because while the action's going on, I think you're probably you know keeping that stuff focused out out of your head most of the time. Uh, But it's those stoppages of plays after the whistles or, you know, if you're basketball during a foul shot or whatever, you know, those kind of things. You'll notice it a lot more than, you know, just in the run of play.
1: Do you think we see Stephen Stamkos
0: in these uh, one of these next two play, uh, you know, round robin games or no? I I guess it depends on how healthy is he really. I mean, he's practicing fully. So if he's cleared to play, I would think you're going to see him in one of the two. Yeah. Um, but, you know, is he cleared to play? I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I know they'd like to get him in as many games as possible, mm-hmm. but I guess it depends on, you know, how, you know, is he cleared and, and exactly, you know, we know this is a, I don't know if it's a re-aggravation, but something to do with the rehab from the surgery he had that was going to keep him out of the first couple rounds of the playoffs back in, in the spring. Right. But what it is you know at this point, we don't know, so it's it, you know i i i think if hes if he's able to go, they want to get him in probably one game I, at this point, I don't know if you're going to put him in both. Maybe you just want to put him in one to get him a game beforehand. But look, he's also gone stretches where if you remember back in the uh what was it the, the series that got eliminated against the Penguins, he missed the whole playoffs and came back for game seven of the Eastern Great. Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's missed long term, uh, long bits of playoffs before and come back and he played well in that game. Um, he wasn't a hundred percent, but he, he came back in and he's a veteran that knows what he's doing. So if he doesn't get round robin games, you're not concerned about him other than you're concerned about his health.
1: Let me ask you, do you, I mean, if they were to get two more points or maybe even, maybe even four more and they, you know, obviously get the highest seed they can, how much is that a factor, do you think, in, in, in their prospects going forward? In, in other words, who are they likely to draw if they're able to win one or two more of these
0: games? Well, if you're winning, you know, so it depends. if Montreal can upset Pittsburgh, the top seed's going to get Montreal because they're the lowest right. seed in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, as we're taping this now, Pittsburgh's up in game two, 1-0 mm-hmm. um, in the third period. So, you know, I think Pittsburgh will win that series. So if you're the fourth seed, you're going to draw the Penguins. Which is something I think I think you want to avoid, right? Um, I don't want to play Pittsburgh. The other team I really don't want to play if I'm the Lightning, and it's based on the way they're playing right now and the way they looked. Is I don't want to play Columbus, right? And, and they're in the middle there, so it's hard to tell where they're going to draw because they're the what the ninth seed. Toronto's the eighth seed, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it kind of depends on because it's going to go based on seeding left. So it depends on who wins their series and who doesn't. Looks like Carolina is going to beat the Rangers. They're up two games to nothing. Um, so that's the what Carolina I think's the sixth seed. So they're going to go on. So they're going to face probably the third or the fourth seed. Carolina is. Mm-hmm. So you know, Columbus. You know, granted, the higher up you finish, you might get Columbus in the first round, which could be. You know, but I think if you're lightning, you can't sit there and try to win or lose based on who you think you might play. I think you just got to play your game, and, and you know, let the, chip, the chips, chips fall where they may.
1: Well, I'll I'll play devil's advocate. I, even though Columbus might not be a great matchup for them, or they could find a better opponent in the first round to beat, uh, that they would be more heavily favored. What what better way to exercise that demon right from a year ago uh, than than beating up on Columbus? I mean, they don't have Bobrowski. They, they've mm-hmm. got obviously a good young goaltender. It's never the same team year in year out. But to beat to 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 kind of go back to the point where you were a year ago and to be able to to able to move forward and uh, and and win a series over Columbus, I think would be um, you know a huge uh, emotional lift for them. You know, to to sort of bury literally bury the past mm-hmm. and, and move forward
0: i, I think you're right uh, 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 except with two things if you lose game one <laughs> yeah then it becomes uh-oh <laughs> right you yeah, can go that way too um and yeah. the other thing i is, was thinking i was
1: a half glass full guy yeah, well man.
0: but but the other part of this is is that series was 15 months ago 16 months ago
1: yeah, well, it seems that, like two years ago. Well, maybe.
0: but with the COVID, with with everything that changed this year, I don't even know if that's mm-hmm. as, as big of a deal as as it would have been in April if the playoffs started as normal. Oh, I
1: totally agree. I totally
0: agree. I, I think this because of the uniqueness and strangeness and mm-hmm. the way this is being done. I I think you know any comparisons to the past and that I think it, it it diminishes some. It's not as it's not as big of a you know. Granted, if if Columbus and Lightning play, there's going to be questions about it. But it doesn't have the same feel because it's not it's not leading into the regular season into the first round of the playoffs, et cetera mm-hmm. It's so different this year that i i think you know there yeah of course there'll be questions, but I don't think it's as impactful as it would be in the past
1: I will say that and this is a this is, I have nothing to base this on this is purely my my own imagination, perhaps, but I will say this about the way these playoffs are being played they're not getting on planes. They're not flying in and out of 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 home arenas, other people's arenas. Um, this is a neutral site. There's no real advantage to where they're playing. There's no crowd. I'm going to say that, even though there's internal pressure, clearly every athlete feels that, and and the pressure of your teammates to try to to try to play well for them. I'm going to say that the most skilled teams, you know, in this strange COVID-like Stanley Cup uh, playoffs that 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 skill is really going to show that that the talent is going to come through over what might be emotion what might be you know travel what might be a lot of things that you'd normally have to deal with that every the, you know the ice is level and you know you can just go out there and play and the best teams are going to win i i think you're going to see the two best teams i could be wrong maybe maybe a team's not motivated maybe a team feels it's too odd maybe a team couldn't get restarted, right? But they're all primarily healthy um, for the most part. Everybody got everybody back. So I, I think the most skilled teams are going to be in the finals.
0: I think the skill's going to win out early. Okay. Um, and I think it's not much like college football. I think early in the year, the better team generally wins. The more the they team do. with the more right. talent. And as You're coaching right. goes on. But you know, the hockey playoffs is is part of... It's a part of strategy, right? but it's attrition. Who's going to stay healthy? Yeah, there you go. You yeah. know, That's a good point. Every team yeah. is pretty healthy, and although the Lightning's one who does an injury in Steven Stamkos. But right. uh, you know, all now we've already seen Mark Scheifele and Patrick Linea down for the Jets, who both missed Game Two. It's a um, great point. You know, you're starting to see some issues. So some of it's going to be attrition of who can stay yes. healthy, particularly your best player staying healthy. And, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, if you lose. Jan Ruda to an injury or Zach Bogosian, you've got depth there. If you lose Victor Hedman, that hurts.
1: Uh, I totally you know, agree.
0: You know, so yeah. it's it's you know you're going to have injuries, you're going to have players miss games. The question is, can your best players stay the healthiest? Stay the, mm-hmm. You know, so some of that is going to be through you know 16 games for to win it, or 19 games for the ones who are already in qualifying rounds right. to win. So there is some attrition to it too, but you don't have the travel, you don't have all the other parts. And, and kudos to hockey. They had their uh, week one of phase four. They did over yeah. seven thousand tests of all the people that are in the bubble. Zero positive tests. Yeah, that's remarkable. Um, you know, and that's what that's why they're very confident that the bubble can work, and and right, right. now it is working for the NHL. Um, you know, barring some either people going outside of it or some fluke thing coming in wise, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're. You know, hockey seems to have it right, and and you know, it there it looks like you know they're all all go and should be able to finish this, barring some fluky thing or some weird anomaly, unlike baseball at this point.
1: Yeah, baseball has a problem. How many uh, St. Louis Cardinals now have been uh, diagnosed with uh, COVID? Was,
0: I keep seeing new numbers, but I think it's up to thirteen yeah. at this point. Their series is canceled against the uh, what the Brewers this week, I believe it is right.
1: And and isn't wasn't that a situation? And correct me if I'm wrong, where a number of players were supposedly out at a uh, at a casino, perhaps.
0: That's what I've heard on it, and I I can't yeah. say I, I was busy with the lightning all day, so I haven't read everything up on it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's you know in the Marlins, what they went out to a bar in Atlanta, I think it was. Mm-hmm.
1: I think the Atlanta, yeah, going out in Atlanta was part of that. I I just think that you know the teams obviously they take care of each other, um, and and by proxy, the team they're playing are going to be the ones that are successful. If more players do that, they could wind up shutting this whole thing down. I mean, it's as simple as that. And it's unfair to the teams that have bought in and said, you know what, for 60 games. I mean, look, we're already one-sixth of the way through that 60 games. I mean, the Rays are sitting here having played 10 games. Unfortunately for them, they're four and six. Um, But they've only got five more of those 10-game groupings, and this thing's over. You know, So that's how quickly it's going to pass. So it's I don't think it's a huge ask. Um easy for me to say. I'm not a young guy with time and money on my hands. Um but I I do think that, you know, baseball has not done a good job uh, of that and and I think if you translate that to the other sport that is not in a bubble, that's the National Football League and those guys same thing would apply. I I again you may, you may face an opponent that has somebody that spreads coronavirus. We don't know what the spread is going to be, especially in a game that every play involves contact and sweat and blood and everything's flying around. Um, but in as much as the team that can take care of each other and do the right things off the field, they're going to be the ones that, that have a chance at this. And I saw where, uh, you know, of course, for the New Orleans Saints, everybody's like, well, you know, you've had three really good looks at it the last three years. Uh, Something always kind of wonky happens, and, and, you know, uh, is it Super Bowl or bust? Drew Brees is 41 years old. Well, yeah, but it's been that way for a while. They're not going to run from that. Uh, They think they have an opportunity to win it all, and in fact, Sean Payton and and the Saints have gone a step further with their own sort of protection is that they've rented out a bunch of floors at a Lowe's hotel that is exclusively theirs, and they're going to keep 120 Players, staff members, coaches at that hotel all the way until the start of the regular season, September thirteenth, when they play the Tampa Bay Bucks. And it's even possible that some players may continue to live uh, in that um, sort of their their own bubble, if you will, or, or ecosystem, um, as they go into the season because they are all in. They are they think that they are that close that this is you know um, this is what. The only thing they're playing for is to get a Super Bowl. Could be Breezes last year. And so, you know, for that reason, I think the teams that do that, the teams that are fortunate with injuries, much like hockey and things like that, um, they're going to be the ones that come out ahead. But you wonder, will there be enough buy-in for the whole league? Will this Or, or will this become a problem where you have multiple teams every week with too many injuries to consider playing?
0: Well, and football is the one sport – maybe basketball too and hockey i guess but football is the one where you know every play you're hitting somebody absolutely um you know and and so uh, you know that to me that's the one that if the other team has it you have a better chance of catching it maybe in that sport than any others maybe in the nba too because you don't have any any helmet protection any Face in, in, any or, face guard you know. or anything like that in the NBA. So maybe that's another one. Although they're in a bubble, so you're pretty confident they're going to be okay.
1: Yeah, you feel pretty um, good.
0: You know, hockey's got some physicalness to it too and stuff. But you do have a lot more mm-hmm. stuff on. You do have a face shield on most players and at least a partial. But, you know, football, It's it, you know, look, I we remember Charlie Morton as the race started training camp 2.0 saying, you know, telling the team we've got to stay together. We've got to trust each other. We've got to rely on each other. And, and, you know, it can't be a couple of guys going out to a bar and, and ends our season, et cetera. You know, I mean, that it's you really have to trust the people you're with at this point because if they start testing positive and if it's spreading your team, you, you've got a big problem.
1: And you wonder, too, that, I mean, I know, again, we're you know, one-sixth of the way through this area, but you wonder if those teams that get off to horrible starts, and, I mean, worse than what the Rays are right now at four and six, if they will be as – discipline because they'll recognize that they have no chance of, of maybe overcoming you know winning enough games and climbing over enough teams to make the the playoffs even though it's expanded so you know will, will that be a factor um so there's just so much that's uh not good for baseball right now with series being cancelled with you know, you know the double headers they have to make up um, all of that stuff it's very taxing and and you know like we mentioned the other day uh, the Marlins had to charter a bus and you know, drive a bunch of guys home. I mean, that you don't want to have that situation, but that's where we're at with baseball. Let, let's stick with the Rays. And along those lines, Mark Topkin wrote a story in the Tampa Bay Times. You can read it on TampaBay.com dot com today, um, talking about the things that are kind of bedeviling the Rays right now. And we talked about this the other night, Steve, on the podcast, and and he brought it up, and some of the players were speaking to it, and that is. um they're not having fun. Now, you know, this is a nature versus nurture type of thing or a chicken and egg thing, if you will. You know, winning is fun. So when you win, you're having fun. When you're not winning, it looks like you're not having fun because losing sucks. Um, but you know, the Rays have always been one of these teams that is, you know, the sum of the parts is better than the pieces. And so, you know, when somebody does something well, they like to celebrate, you know, they've got the disco ball in the clubhouse and, and, you know, you see the, the high fives and the hugs in the dugout and and all of that. And, you know, even Kevin Cash raised it uh, the other day that, you know, there is, there is that element that seems to be missing from this baseball team. And they've got, you know, they had a day, they had their first day off on Monday to try to reset, regroup, whatever you want to call it. Um, But as we talked about last night and you documented, nobody's hitting the baseball that start there um you know I think that and then then the other part of it is of course defense you know we mentioned uh, the four errors uh, by Willie Adamas and and um you know how the team I think is second in errors in the Mm -hmm. major leagues right now so who's
0: who's one of those players that loves the celebration and taking the helmets off and and, Willie Adams and, and always has a smile on his face, and always, Willie Adamas. you know, and he's Enjoyed. he's one with four errors right now, and, and that's right, not playing as well as he'd like to, and and maybe it has mm-hmm. affected him. I mean, you know, he's going to he have could. to figure out how to get through it because it's not going to change, you know, the well, way they're right, going right. to operate this season. So, but maybe, right. maybe that is an influence.
1: And I thought, you know, when they were four and one, nobody was really talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, however much they struggled, because you're winning, and it doesn't seem like a struggle even though it might have been my there, there's just a lot of changes right now. There, there's for everybody in life. I mean, we're all working from home, you know, we're not able to have an opportunity to do what we're used to doing. Our kids are homeschooling or, you know, doing that since March, uh, everything is, you know, up is down here. Um, but yet these guys have to find a way to kind of power through 60 games of the baseball season and, and see if they can come out the other end with a playoff um, chance. But, um, you know, these games count so much because there's so few of them. There's still time for them to turn around. I think I saw where, um, you know, Mark had still the odds of them making the playoffs are well over 50%, um, even with the, the four and, and six start. Unfortunately for them, I think, you know, the Yankees have lost one game at this point. They're eight and one. Um, so they're where you want to be, and they're in your division. But you don't have to win the division to make the playoffs. We know that. Um, first two teams will make it and then and then wild cards, there's a couple wild cards as well in each league but they've got to get it going and they've got to get it going fast and it just doesn't seem like um, you know, really anything is clicking, you can't point to one element that says yeah, well we're doing this well right now, they're not doing any of it and when you get swept five in a row on the road in Atlanta and Baltimore that's, that's tough to bounce back from so maybe the day off will help them um, to sort of reset and no, they you know, have a day off
0: uh, they had a day off yesterday and they've got another one on Thursday now. So they yeah, have got so two this two. week to help.
1: Right. And they come home, so you know, being being in their own beds might help too. It's it was a weird travel. They traveled day of the game to Atlanta. Um you can't really go anywhere. I mean, these these are adjustments for baseball players in particular who live sort of this nomadic life for six months out of the year where they really are together doing things on the road and going out and having dinners and all this sort of stuff, well, it's really different. They're
0: even used to being at the the stadium all day. I mean, those players get yeah. there early, um, yeah. and, and now they don't want you getting there that early, and, and you're, not, right. you're not allowed to anymore. I mean, you know, for 7 o'clock games, a lot of times players are getting there at 1 o'clock, and they just hang out there all day, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, they play cards, they're getting treatment, they're, you know, maybe taking some BP or whatever else. But, you know, so, so even that part of the routine is messed up too.
1: Yeah, it really is. Well, we'll have an opportunity, uh, and, I, and I experienced some of this the last couple of days. Um, you know, when you talk about the fun and the differences, right, being a professional athlete, and, and I think all of us as human beings are creatures of habit in some respects. We like routine, right? Um, we we kind of know what, where we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do, be doing at certain times of the day. Um, and, you know, all of that obviously is – is impacted by this, but if you're a professional football player, even, and I experienced this the last couple of days over the last week or so since Friday, um, you know, those guys get to the facility over at the, you know, Advent health care center. And the first thing they do is they got to go to a medical tent or a medical trailer, if you will, and be COVID tested as I have been twice in the last 72 hours. Um, thankfully they came back negative, but that starts your day. Right. that That's not something to look forward to. It's not that the swabs are evasive. They're not doing the ones that go way back in their heads and all that stuff. Um, but you basically, you know, have to come in, you know, as groups, not all together at once. They're trying to keep separation. Uh, found out, you know, as part of that, they expanded the building and, um, you know, they couldn't have everybody in the locker room. They've got 80, 80 something players. So part of the, the new locker room is actually in the indoor facility. You know, they've they've removed some bleachers and actually put lockers, uh, you know, in the indoor facility. So there's a lot of changes that they're having to go through. And that that really takes away from, you know, the fun and the routine of being a professional athlete and and of, of the NFL. So, you know, I think they all have to kind of adjust to that. The good news is that today, this morning, we'll be headed out to the Bucks, And for the first time since he signed, we'll have an opportunity to actually watch some of us, uh, Tom Brady, throw to other Buccaneer players. And I, I don't know if you follow the Bucks on social media. They've done a great job of, of videotaping some of these workouts and his interaction with his players and his receivers and things like that. Tom likes to get an early start, as we know from the Berkeley prep workouts. So we will be out there at 730 in the morning, which is fine with me. Um, but yeah, it's going to be one of those sort of, you know, aha moments where you actually see TB 12, um, at, you know, the Bucks facility throwing two Buccaneer players and preparing for a Buccaneer season as their Buccaneers quarterback, which is still sort of weird. Right. And he turned 43 on Monday. Happy birthday to Tom Brady. There was a a ton of, of course, birthday uh, messages for him around the league. Um, Did he get his
0: AARP yeah, card yet, or I'm
1: sure it's in the mail. I mean, by now he would have gotten one. I mean, you, you can qualify at 55. I'm pretty sure. I saw where uh, Michael Strahan sent him a note or something like that, and he said, uh, "Yeah, you know, because Strahan, of course, won two Super Bowls against the Patriots. I think he was part of both those teams. But the Giants, being the only uh, you know beating Tom Brady twice, and um, he said something to to Brady, and Brady said, "Yeah, maybe we can run it back. I'm still out here actually playing." <laughs> playing the games till <laughs> don't know what you've been doing, hosting you know Regis and, or uh, Cat you know whatever whatever that show is Michael and and whatever Michael <laughs> and mornings. Kelly and then it was Kelly, and, and now, now he's, he's doing something else Good on, Morning America yeah. and all that so yeah he's he's a TV star but yeah Tom Brady's still out there um, which is remarkable but he looks great that you know it's been fun to see um, you know some of the interaction he's had with his young players and and some of the veterans and Mike Evans and them. Um, and we'll get to see it for real and document that. You can check out all of that on TampaBay.com. Hopefully we'll get to talk to him soon, maybe even this week. We'll see. Bruce Arians, I know, is going to be available to us uh, on Wednesday, so we'll get to chat and see how it's going with him. Shaq Barrett did a a Zoom call with the Tampa Bay media on Monday, and we've talked probably – I mean, Shaq has probably been one of the more – you know, socially visible guys, you know, ever since the off season began. He's done a lot of NFL Network and uh, various, you know, other national media. And he's done some stuff with us too. But we had not talked to him, of course, you know, since he signed his franchise tender. Uh, he was hoping, and, and it's unfortunate for him, and we talked about this before, where his timing was great in the sense that he came here on a one-year deal, $4 million, and then boom hit it out of the park, right, led the NFL in sacks with 19 and a half for a guy that only had 14 in his career before last season. And so that vaulted him, you know, to the status of a franchise player. So he goes from $4 million to making $15.8 million. Uh, but he was hoping for that long-term deal because it's football is a, is a sport of injuries. Nothing's guaranteed except what they'll guarantee. and And so, you know, he was hoping for that $100 million contract. I think it would have happened, perhaps, if not for the coronavirus. And that's where his timing was bad. It was great at first, then it was horrible because they have no sense of what the salary cap will really be in 2021 or beyond. They were still trying to work those things out when the deadline came to sign that franchise tag. And unfortunately for Shaq, um, they weren't able to negotiate that long-term deal. So he has to basically play for his, his contract again, whether he's franchised again or they sign him to a long-term deal, we'll see. But he's 27 years old and he has the one year, of course, when he just lit the world on fire. 19 and a half sacks, um, six force fumbles. I mean, the guy was was just a, a, an unbelievable player. Should have been in the defensive player of the year uh, consideration and wasn't, which was a big surprise. So we had a chance to talk to Shaq and um, he was asked, you know, okay, well, what do you do for an encore? Like. Would twelve sacks be a good year? you know what do you do after you get nineteen and a half and his thing was, I want to improve on it now let's think about that for a minute. Of course you do, however, if you improve on nineteen and a half, you're really close to michael strahan n f l record territory, right you're close to that twenty two sacks or whatever it is uh in a season. um that would be great to think he could do that. I think it's a little unrealistic, although you know having jason Pierre Paul play more than 10 games if he played 16 games or 14 games that that certainly would help Shaq Barrett I think the defense overall is going to be better and I think they're going to be in better positions maybe playing with a lead when you consider that Shaq Barrett had 19 and a half sacks and rarely was ahead in the fourth quarter I mean this team won seven games but many of those games they won late um, they didn't have big leads they didn't blow really anybody out and so you know If Brady is able to, you know, cut down on the turnovers, which you know he will, uh, and that defense has a lead once in a while and they can really come after the quarterback, maybe Shaq Barrett does burst onto the scene. But, um, you know, in terms of of repeating as a sack champion. But uh, a lot is on his plate. Uh, There's not much depth behind him. There's a lot of guys that we don't know much about. Uh, They need Pierre Paul and they need Shaq Barrett to stay healthy and they need those guys inside to be good again. Um, But I... I love what Shaq Beard has done. I don't think he's a one-hit wonder, Steve. I think this guy learned his craft for five years in Denver behind Von Miller, um, you know, behind Demarcus Ware and guys like that. And what I see when I watch him play is legit. I mean, he, and, and I think he cares. I don't think he's also a guy. And, and you know, part of this worked out well for the Bucks too, because he was hungry coming in. He was trying to 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 resurrect his career, become a starter, uh, you know, make some money in this league. He did all those things, but now he's hungry again because he still wants more security for his family and for himself, and so he's going to have to go out and sort of prove uh, that he is worth uh, that kind of money again. All right, Stephen, finally some college football news that might affect USF, right?
0: Yeah, the Big 12 has decided to play 10 games this year, nine conference games and one non-conference game. So the question Mm -hmm. is, for Texas, would they rather play UTEP in-state or USF from out-of-state in their non-conference. And there's no decision made at this point, but it could affect that uh, season opening game. Uh, The Big 12 did not – I I don't believe they they set a schedule. Like the SEC said, hey, we're going to start on the 26th of September. The Big 12 did not say that, but they did say they're going to play 10 games, nine conference, one non-conference.
1: That'd be devastating for USF on a lot of levels. One, they've had their opener uh, canceled against Bethune-Cookman, who's not playing mm-hmm. uh, this year. This was going to be then their first game, in the. but the payday. And I'm sure they can negotiate something with respect to that. Um, but as much as anything, they needed that to help support some of the other programs over there. And um, plus, it would have been just a great way to start the season. So they haven't banged it yet. But, man, um, I if I'm Texas, don't you think that they would rather play like UTEP as opposed to USF.
0: I would think so, but some of it may come down to contractual language, and That's you know, true. as Joey Knight told us about a couple weeks ago, Force Majeure, um, and how contracts yeah. are worded, and things like it may come down to that. It may come down to uh, wanting to help us in-state school instead. Uh, mm-hmm. it may just come down to hey, we think UTEP's an easier opponent at this point, and yeah. with only ten games now, we can't afford a loss in the non-conference. Uh, you know, so it's hard to tell what will ultimately make the decision.
1: Follow Joey Knight on TampaBay.com for all of that. And tonight, of course, the Rays get back in action against the Red Sox at the TROP. Then tomorrow it's the Lightning against the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it's, in, yeah uh, Tomorrow
0: will be a doubleheader, a Tampa Bay-Boston doubleheader. That's, right. that's great. The Lightning Bruins Early. at uh, 4 o'clock, and then uh, the Rays and Red Sox at 640.
1: Perfect. Yeah, uh, Child Nation will be tuning in for all of that, so that will be good. We're also going to have... Chris Torello, of course, our friend at Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9. He's back from vacation. Back. Did he, go to, he didn't go to Disney this time, though. I think he went somewhere else. Yeah, he turned
0: off the phone for 11 days. So he, That's uh, incredible. Yeah. We'll what's what's that like? I don't know. I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad he made it. Thing, But we'll have to figure out what he did without uh, the modern electronics of, of telephone. So always fun to have Chris. So we look forward to uh, him tomorrow night. So we hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're here every Monday through Friday. For Steve Versnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.